Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Chip Chats. On today's episode, we finish off the conversation that I had with Ben last week and uh, give you a part two, a closing uh, to this wonderful yet crazy yet horrible story that this amazing individual needs to go through. Um, And I hope that you will find as much appreciation in it as I did. Um, On this half of the episode, we talk not only more about fibromyalgia and depression and all the things that go into it, but we also discuss the kind of things that you can do to help someone who has these issues get by. So without further ado, I will bring it back to Ben and uh, finish off this amazing extended episode, um, which also features the interruption of my lovely son <laughs> that you'll see in the in, as you uh, listen along. Uh, and uh, just, yeah, I'm super excited to share this with you, and I think it's going to do wonderful things. So let's get to it, shall we? But- um, so what has been the hardest part of dealing with, well, it's, it's back on the fibromyalgia train, mm. dealing with fibromyalgia and out of all the symptoms, cause it sounds like there's a whole lot of them. <laughs> oh yeah, there is. Yeah. What I want to, I want to ex- get, dive into more what it's, what it kind of does to you because again, like I have. No idea. Other than the fact that I know it's chronic pain, I would not have known that it was all the time, pretty much, if it wasn't for you. I would not have known about the fog, and I would not have known about all the other things that come with it if it wasn't for the relationship that I've built with you and Susie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I I do think that we need to kind of address it and talk about it because... I want I want people to have a better understanding of it. So when you see someone who mentions that they have fibromyalgia, you don't just like, oh, okay, you have pain, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's just, that's a lot of it. Like a lot of people just think that it, fibromyalgia is just pain, mm-hmm. and it's not. Like there's, and and that's part of the problem too with the doctors being able to get a diagnosis because, like, say for example, uh, asthma. You know, asthma, can't breathe, there's fluid in the lungs, you take this inhaler, it clears that fluid, you could breathe again. Yep. There's not the same thing with fibromyalgia. It's not like it's a generic list of symptoms that you can address. There's, oh, I don't even know how many symptoms there are with fibromyalgia, and everybody's different. Yep. And then same thing with me. My symptoms are just getting worse and worse over time, and that scares me. You know, there's... Well, yeah, because everybody wants it to go away, not to go worse. Yeah, right? and, and the thing is, because it's so unknown what extent fibromyalgia does and affects and all that, it's like, what's in store for my future? Mm-hmm. You know, is this going to be, you know, end in my demise? Or, you know, is that what's going to get me in the end is fibromyalgia or, you know, can I live with this for the rest of my life? You know, I want to live until I'm 90. That's my goal. I don't know. It's, it always has been. I just think experiencing a life, a century of life would be awesome. But anyway, off track there. Um, The, what to expect with fibromyalgia is is really unknown Mm -hmm. for doctors. So that's hard, but symptom wise, it's like all the, the sensitivity I'll get, there is a term for it. I can't remember all the terms, but there's a term for it. And let's just call it a sensory overload. So I play Dungeons and Dragons and there is five of us in total and we'll get rowdy and and loud because, you know, good things have happened and we slayed the dragon and all that kind of stuff. So everybody's loud in that. And when all that's happening, I get in, I, I can get into, that whole sensory overload where everything is so loud and I'm so sensitive and I just, I can't handle it. And I start feeling a panic attack and I start um, just feeling so overwhelmed with what's happening. And I have noise canceling headphones with a microphone. So I'll put those on and I'll put the noise canceling on 
so I can hear everybody, but I don't hear them at the level. I can turn them down. Yeah. You don't hear <laughs> right? them as loud as they Yeah, are. I can turn them down. So, I mean, it's finding those those things that help you. Make your quality of life a little bit better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm getting all stressed out talking about all this. My eye is twitching like crazy. <laughs> I always think that people can see when your eye twitches, but then they can't. Yeah, I know. I've been the same way. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, and then there's eye twitching yeah. and that, yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's that sensory overload. There's the, um, oh, I can't even think. So that's another the one. Fog, the, there, yeah, yeah, there's the fog. That's a big one. It's the pain. Um, and the different levels of pain, anxiety, depression, um, the, my senses are, are, uh, affected. Like I said, like smells, like if I'm doing the dishes or taking out the garbage and something is like breaking. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like super nasty. Like it could just be something that just, it's not very appealing, but to me, it'll smell like some kid's dirty diaper or something like that. Like it's just nasty. Right. And I can't handle it. Like I just, I want to start throwing up and Oh yeah. That was another one of the symptoms is the nausea that mm -hmm. I have. Um, and also I'll get muscle weakness. So when I'm doing the dishes, trying to hold on to a plate, like it's so incredibly painful, but my hand, like my hands will actually give out on me, mm -hmm. um, where I've like dropped things. Um, and even if I do smoke pot to try and give myself some relief, that weakness is still there. Cause obviously you're just masking it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then there's the flare ups with my legs, with my arms. Uh, there's migraines, migraines. I started getting the optical migraines. Although I don't know if that's related. Yeah. Um, but you can only assume, right? Like the more that pops up. Yeah. You know what? I should have actually written down my symptoms. I'll do that for the next time we chat. Um, I'll write down a list of my symptoms that I experience mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and bring those to the table because it'll be easier than me trying to recall them, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's why I said like the fear of my memory, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, am I going to always forget things now? Like, am I going to know who my wife is? Is this dementia or is this fibromyalgia? Am I okay? Yeah. You know? And then it's like panic and anxiety because like, am I okay? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I could only assume how that would affect you living with constant, like something is happening to me and it seems to be getting worse so how much worse is it going to get? Yeah, yeah. Right. And wanting to live your full life and experience things, mm -hmm. but also knowing that you need to like kind of do things to be able to do those things and yeah. work your way around it versus yeah. just straight up, like walking out and going and doing mm -hmm. something. Yeah. That's actually one thing I wanted to talk to you to about today mm -hmm. was it, exactly that the, my because I was very active before, um, and I was always like a jock in school. I was always very physically active. So my brain wants to do things. I will want to, I don't know, pick up my wife and carry her across the threshold. And I can't. Yeah. I, I will want to carry those groceries, and I can't. Um, and want, oh, okay, I'll, you know, I'm planning, planning things like, oh, okay, I'll make this for dinner and I'll do that. And that's my plan. Excuse me. And I can't cause I'll have a flare up or something. I think that's the hardest thing on top of the depression. And on top of all of that is not having the ability to do things that my brain is wanting to do. So it's like my parents were moving and, Oh, I'll help you. 
find a moving company. <laughs> you know, like like oh, I'll help you move. I'll help you find a moving company. You Having know? to make those edits. And- yeah, and and I think that's the hardest thing is, and same with my daughter. You know, going to the soccer or going to the park and wanting to play soccer with her, and I can't. And trying to explain to her, you know, why I'm always in goal and why you can't kick, you know, like your superstar at me because you are going to hurt me, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, and trying to explain to an 11 year old at the time wh- why, mm-hmm. you know, why are those things? Why can't daddy do these things with you? You know, when you want to go to the park, why can't I do those things? Why am I always saying no? Um, that's like the hardest mm-hmm. thing because the thing you want to say to your daughter all the time is, yes, I can do that. Yeah. You know, yes, I will do that for you. And you've yes, obviously, make that happen. yeah, you've obviously had this discussion or had multiple discussions with your daughter about it. So I'm curious to see like what she has thought about or what you've had to do with her to kind of, she doesn't know how this all came to be. Yeah. Um, Obviously, this was because of like, well, not obviously, but it was because of a, a domestic situation where my ex hurt me, yeah. and which is another, yeah, like another stigma or whatever that it exactly. Well, how happen. do you mean like, your yeah. ex hurt you? Like men hurt women. Like, yeah. No, she hurt me. Yeah. You know, and very briefly, it was only because I wouldn't sign a passport application. That's what this was <laughs> over. So, and actually, it's not that I didn't say. No, it was that I said, not right now. I have to look into it. Yep. Anyway, that's me justifying yep. what had happened. So with talking to her, she doesn't know what happened because I... You don't want her to have a bad opinion. Yeah, I'm yeah. The, I, I'm the kind of dad that I'm not going to talk bad about my ex, no matter what she's done to me. Yep. I'm not going to say to my daughter, hey, your mom did this to me. Yep. You know, you can't play soccer with me. Why don't you go talk to your mom about that? You know, yep. I'm not going to do that with her. I just let her know that, hey, you no, know, like I have injuries that prevents me from doing these things. And that's what I try to say to her. But she doesn't always understand. You know, mm-hmm. she's she she's currently mad at me because of those things. Mm-hmm. But having Susie has been very helpful because when we do go to play soccer, I always say soccer because soccer is the biggest thing that she's into right now. So when we would go to the park, Susie would play with my daughter and they would kick the ball back and forth and do whatever. And then I would play the goalie. So it was like, it was great. But then when my daughter would want to be picked up and let's do gymnastics or dance moves or whatever, and I can't pick her up, and she's she'd get mad at me because I couldn't do those things with yeah. her, and which is not not that your daughter's being selfish, but just you she's know being a kid, she yeah, doesn't understand. She's being a kid, she's seeing other kids interact with their families that way, and yeah, wondering why, yeah. right? I can only imagine wondering why this is not the same for me as it yeah. is for everyone, and especially when I used to do those things with her. Yeah, you know, when she was young, you know, she was familiar with me throwing her up in the air or. Mm-hmm whatever bouncing on my knee or whatever and and then all of a sudden i couldn't do those things you know and and then there was a time where i was on crutches and my daughter's having to open the door for me and it's like she she, at the time she was seven years old i think Mm -hmm. and so it's like expecting this behavior from a seven-year-old like that was hard for me (laughs) you know but she did it she didn't understand it at the time but we haven't talked about it anything further than that, but um, yeah, all of those things combined and then try to say, try to stay sane and feel good about yourself. You know, when you're, you know, everybody else has to help you, yeah. you know, try not to feel selfish, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, try not to feel oh, yeah. needy, yeah. you know, not try not to feel like imposing and, oh, yeah. and all well, of those things. Even as much as like, your friends will say it like I'll say it too. And I, I probably had voices in the past, but that I love and appreciate you guys. And you know, like if you need help, I'm there for you. Mm-hmm. Just like you guys are there for us yeah, and absolutely. how much we appreciate it and how understanding we are. Like if you mm-hmm. need not to come, then you need not to come and yeah. it's totally okay. And But that's just it. It's hard it's to feel like still it's okay. hard. Yeah. yeah. 
For sure. Yeah. Have you have you sat down and because I know she's getting older now, right? Like she's four, four, 14? She's 15. 15. Yeah. Um, 16 in October. Yeah. Have you have you really sat down and discussed not necessarily what caused it, but like everything that you go through and that? No, because I haven't. Um, well, you don't necessarily know this part yet, <laughs> but I haven't really got to hang out with her in wow. three years. Wow. Because of this, mm -hmm. because she, when she turned 12, my ex said to my daughter, well, you don't have to go see him anymore if you don't want to. So now basically she's convinced that my daughter doesn't have to come and see me because it takes away from her seeing her friends and her homework and all that. So she's convinced her she doesn't have to see me anymore. Meanwhile, we used to do her homework together and mm -hmm. I was never a Debbie dad. You know, like I always showed up on my visit days. I always showed up on my weekends. I was even living in Hamilton and she lives in Guelph. So I was commuting like an hour just to go for my visit and yeah. then commuting an hour back just to go home. And I showed up, you know, and now it's simple thing as my ex saying, we'll just tell him no, yeah. you know? So I haven't, I haven't got to hang out with my daughter in three years. Um, when I tried to talk to my daughter about why she doesn't see me, um, that's the only thing that she's expressed is the fact that um, I don't do things with her. I don't, I don't play with her. I don't um, do things with her. And I said, I do things with you. I said, I've, I've tried to take you places. I've tried to do the things with you as best I can. Mm -hmm. You know, we've gone to the Ripley's Museum. Like, we've go, gone to all kinds of places. But I'm limited, you know. And she doesn't understand that. So long story short, I just try to be the best dad that I can while respecting her situation, yep. you know, meaning that she's got her mom to have to deal with and all that. So if it means just dropping off my Christmas presents to her, that's what I've been doing for the last three years. Same with their birthday presents. And so I haven't had a chance to take her out for dinner or talk with her. Yep. Um, the one night that I did talk to her that this is what, I did find out was about um, that was how she was feeling. So I just hope that when she turns 18, she'll realize that I haven't gone anywhere and that I'm yeah. still here and that when you're ready, I will still be here yeah. and I will still keep giving you Christmas presents and I will still keep calling you. And cause I call her, you know, when I can once a month, not when I can, sorry, when she answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we usually talk like once a month, but so we don't necessarily hang out, but I do keep in contact with her and I do let her know that I still love her regardless of what she's going through. Yeah. So I think that's all that I can really do. Yeah. It just kind of hope that eventually she yeah. wakes up. Well, not necessarily wakes up, but she, she grows up and realizes and understands well, that when they listen yeah, to me. maybe dad wasn't as, not not I don't want to say involved, but not as like what I've come to see around me the same. Yeah. But there's reason behind that. There he's still there. He's still doing what he can. Yeah. Like I have a father who constantly backed out on me and was mm. never around mm -hmm. and what have you. And I've grown I grew up craving that attention and then getting upset and heartbroken when I didn't get it. Yeah. And grown to realize that that was that is just a negative relationship. Period. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily something that I've done or something that he's living with. It's just the importance on me versus the family that he has mm -hmm. is very different. Mm -hmm. And whether that is like he looks at me in my relationship or me and as like his previous life and his like whatever mistakes he's made or whatever. Mm -hmm. Not that he would upright come and say that, but this is what you get from someone who barely tries to yeah. communicate with you. Yeah. And I can see how much you love her and I can see how much that you try. Yeah. So to me, I think that eventually she will turn around and, realize it yeah. versus me who's turned around and realized the opposite yeah yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> everybody keeps telling me you, you know that that's yeah 
what should happen, you yes. know, because that's what everybody else in that situation. Well, you grow up and you not only see the true colors of those who you have the most respect for, but you yeah. see the true colors of those who you thought less of who maybe don't have a reason for you yeah, to yeah. feel that way. Yeah. Right? I, I hope she sees it that way. Like, and yes, I hope that she sees it that way. You know, for me, it took me a long time to not, well, it took me a long time to forgive my ex. It took me a long time to not have that resentment, mm -hmm. you know, cause she completely redefined my life with what, what had happened and completely destroyed my life. You know, like I had, well, let's just say it this way. I had abilities and now I don't. And I hate her for it. You know, I hate her for it. Oh yeah. I hate that. I can only imagine. Yeah. You know, like I hate having the, knowledge that she still has her job that she hates yeah she still has her life i love serving in the military i loved it i loved the protocol i loved the exercise i loved all of it mm -hmm. you know and so she has a job that she hates she's got my daughter you know she's got her house you know all of those things and is that my boy over there? <laughs> it's Henry waking up. Henry, come on over here, man. Okay, well, I'm just going to pause this for a second, and then we'll be right back. All right, so we're back, and you might hear my young child in the background every once in a while appearing, so <laughs> don't, don't get sidetracked. I don't edit, so it's, it's going to be in there, just like the dog's barking. It's yeah. going to be in there. Anyway, so, this is real. This is happening right now. <laughs> this is real life. This is what happens. You yeah. talk for two hours, and the child wakes up. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about uh, resentment and your daughter and, you know, dealing with with that and having a lot to live up to and having a lot of negative cope. Yeah. Yeah. That, like I said, that was the, at the beginning, having all that resentment um, was a big part of initially. Well, actually that's lying. Even to today, I still, it creeps up on me. Um, but, you know, resenting her for having everything that I, wanted but wanted and had and all that right so now like you know even my abilities have changed and and my life has redefined and trying to figure out my life path has been consuming you know just trying to find out career and and I had a settlement from everything that happened so I was living off of that money so now once that money ran out I went to apply for my disability pension for Canada CPP. Yeah. Didn't qualify for that because I didn't work for the prior four years. Went to apply for ODSP. Didn't qualify for that because Susie makes too much money at the time. So I didn't have that. So I was like, okay, well, I need to have money. So I have to go back to work, you know, and mm -hmm. how does a disabled person go to work yeah. and function at a, at a job. So, which is extremely unfortunate that our system would allow for something, something like, like that, that yeah. to happen. Because yeah. As it's a, not like you can heal from, from this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it's there's nothing you can do about it. So yeah. you would think that there would be something to yeah. help you out. And then they're like, yeah, nah, you're, you're, you're screwed. You're gonna, Good yeah. luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out on your own. Yeah. You've got a wife. She can uh, pay for you, but I've had to like, okay, well then what about my pension when I get older? Like yeah. I'm not contributing towards a pension. So what's going to happen when I go to, you know, technically retire, so to speak, what do I, what happens to my life then? Yeah. You know? And so it's when all of those thoughts, like added stress, added worry. Yeah. yeah. And then, so with all of that financially, I went to try to get a part-time job and I did that and I was sexually harassed at work. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, finally get a job after being off work for eight years at the time. So back to work after eight years. And I was there for 
two and a half months. Yep. And, um, I was, yeah, like I said, I was sexually harassed at, at work. So dealing with that on top of having the confidence of going back to work, yeah. um, was difficult because it was like, okay, well, am I doing something wrong? And why am I going back to work? And all of a sudden I'm dealing with sexual harassment, yep. you know, and not to get into all those details, but you know what those details were. And it, and I was definitely sexually harassed that things like that don't normally happen yeah. today. And so it was like, that made me kind feel even, yeah, it made yeah. me feel even more like, what did I do? Because now I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be lazy or not that my wife says I'm lazy, but the stigma of being yeah. lazy. Okay. Because of the, uh, because of all this. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm trying not to be lazy. I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to be self-sufficient. I'm trying to take care of my wife. So I'm going to go and get this job and I get this job and I get sexually harassed and mm -hmm. I get, and I get yeah. fired yeah. because I complained about the woman harassing me. Yeah. And I emailed her to ask her to stop and all that, and I lose my job. And again, you're faced with another stigma that doesn't necessarily usually yeah. happen. Yeah. And 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 that's what's going on in my life. And it's like, okay, well, how do I stay positive? How do I stay strong? How yeah. do I how do how do I live with that? You know, what does that say about me? Like every I'm trying to make something happen in my life, and God's saying, nope. That's yeah. not for you. You need to be at home or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And um, so trying I've, for the last nine years, I've just been trying to figure out how to live. Yeah. <laughs> how do I do this? Honestly, the <laughs> fact that you're not more of a negative rundown person blows my mind. <laughs> like, Ben, I have like so much, like, I'm just... There's so much, I don't, why can't I think of the word I'm thinking, but just, I'm, it's like I'm proud, but I don't want to say proud because that feels like I'm an adult talking to a child, but <laughs> no, I, I you know what I mean? mean? Like there's just so much good feelings towards you because I respect how much you deal with and I respect like how much you have gone through and how much you face well, and the fact that, yeah, but even then, <laughs> you know, you still live yeah and having to deal with all of that and having to constantly face battles non-stop like it, you just astound me <laughs> I, I i i don't know how to answer that i don't i really don't because i don't know what it is you know i i don't know what it is mm -hmm. i i know that part of things happening in my life the only thing that i have had consistently has been my my faith yeah. and i know that in the bible it says you know not to worry and that god will provide and not to get on a religious tangent i just mean that that's been something that's been helping me to stay strong is that um i don't know i don't know yeah. i i'm i'm alive and i have a beautiful wife i have a house i, I we have two vehicles and they're under two years old each, yeah. you know, I'm super impressed with my wife. And we have those things because of my wife. Um, and for some reason, I mean, sorry, those things don't define my quality of life. Yeah. I just mean we have good things in our life. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess just appreciating that I do have those things makes it worthwhile, makes things better. Mm -hmm. Um it, I don't know. Yeah. If I told you how, like if I told you half of what I've been through in my life and I say that to Susie too, it's like, I don't know how I, I don't know how yeah. I don't know how. Um, I've had conversations like that with Rich too, because mm -hmm. you know, we, I, I've also been through a lot in yeah. my lifetime and have lots of life experience, especially for someone my age. Yeah. I get that a lot. Yeah. Um, and just sitting there and being like, we still to this day have conversations where I bring up things that he never really knew about. Mm -hmm. And we've been together for eight years mm -hmm. and there's still big, long drawn conversations where he's sitting there like, Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
where did one where did this come from and two that happened to you like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I said that yeah. to to Susie too like I've explained everything to her that I've been through in my life and you can pretty much name it and I've probably been through it yeah. you know and um, I I I don't know having uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I really don't. I I I know that um having Susie in my wife in my life definitely and I don't want to, you know, put my wife on a pedestal type thing or whatever, yeah. but I think our relationship is definitely been something that has helped me. Yeah. You know, if I didn't have her I don't know where I'd be, you know, I, I don't think I would be where I am for sure. Yeah. You know, she's been such a great help. Um, That's the kind of remind, like I say this all the time, but I'm, I'm a big believer in like things happen for a reason. Yeah. Um, I'm also a believer in like having a connection with a person through multiple lifetimes, which sounds a bit funky. No, I know what you but mean. But I have like, Rich, if just like you were saying with Susie, if I didn't have Rich in my life, mm. my life would be completely yeah. different. I probably would have given into demons yeah. long, long, long ago. Agreed. And having that one person that you can continuously rely on and that, that loyalty and that support and that mm. having someone who would do anything for you just like you would do anything for them yeah, is like the biggest the biggest positive mm -hmm. in through all of it yep right but, but that it's hard as well because i've never been a jealous guy mm -hmm. i was always like okay you want to look elsewhere okay go yeah. you know i'm not keeping you here yeah I'm you don't want to stay don't stay yeah. but when it comes to Susie, man i'm so scared <laughs> <laughs> you know I, i've never had that in my life before i i i uh having those feelings of jealousy, but I know it's like, it's the depression and anxiety that are speaking to me. Yeah. It's the whole vulnerability of, well, how can I possibly match up to, you know, compared yeah. to that guy when she's going to serve me, yeah. but that guy could just like manhandle her and treat her the way she wants. And, you know, be Superman. Yeah. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah. And I'm just, I can't compare to that. Mm -hmm. But when I put my own skills into consideration of, well, he wouldn't support her the way that I can. Yeah. He, he wouldn't cook for her the way that I can, or he, he wouldn't understand with her. The same yeah. Way. He wouldn't understand her the way that I can. Then it's like, okay, all right, maybe I am worthwhile, yeah. you know? That's what she says to me, right? Yeah. She'll explain those things yeah. to me, you know. You well, don't even, need to be that guy. You're this guy for me. Yeah. Right? Even through through a lot of conversation Richard and I have had, because I've had a lot of the same feelings yeah. throughout everything, um, is just like you're – you have – you don't necessarily worry that they're going to find someone else. You just worry that you're not good enough. Good enough. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Am I doing enough? Like am, I, am I, yeah. Am I, am I doing enough for them? I trust him and I trust his loyalty yeah. and I trust whatever. Yeah. But I feel like maybe he could do better. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. Well put. That's exactly the feeling. It, mm -hmm. It's like, why would you, yeah. you know, um, I'm not a manly man and, yeah. and all those kind of things. And um, so why, why would you love me? You know, I don't know how you deserve so much better. Yeah. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. many conversations I've had with Rich where I've sat there and I'm like, why do you put up with this? Yeah. Why, why do you deal with my panic attacks and my yeah. lows and my, like, yeah. why? And he's like, cause I love you and I want to, <laughs> like, yeah. well, but you could just have an easier life with someone who doesn't have all this baggage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's like, there's gotta be something yeah. there. I don't know. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I, 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 <laughs> this, this background music from Henry Man. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest, like, so the biggest thing for me to keep going is, 
I don't know. I guess just appreciating like those small things, appreciating the things that I do have. Like I don't have family. Mm -hmm. I have, I have a twin brother. I haven't seen him in I don't know how many years and he's got a daughter and haven't seen her. in I don't know how many years only because my brother, um, wants it that way. He's pissed off at me for whatever reason. I have no idea. My parents don't even know what the reason is. And he just doesn't want to be a part of my life. Okay, fine. You know, so I don't have my brother. I've got three, two uncles I haven't seen. One uncle that passed away. I have three aunts I don't see. I have about 15 cousins I don't see. Um, Like, my family is just non-existent other than I see my parents. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that it's I've got a a full and healthy family life because I don't. Wow, that's really cool. (laughs) And Henry, go sit down, babe. I don't have showing off to us. (laughs) uh, I I don't have that full family life that um, is. uh, Well, that thing that you're grown up to believe in, crave, and think that you're gonna always have have family support. Yeah, the family's not there. Well, it's like constantly driven into our minds that you know. Friends will come and go, but family's forever. Well, no, not My friends really. are the ones. <laughs> yeah. It's been the opposite. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the friends that I have now, I feel like are friends for life because oh yeah, it, it's there's like connection there, mm-hmm. you know, and I haven't had that before. Um, well, I did with one, and he's, we're still friends. We've been friends since high school. But uh, who's that guy? <laughs> that is your brother. <laughs> But, um, the, who? There's me. Oh, there's you. (laughs) Handsome kids. Guest star, Henry. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, living up to everything that fibromyalgia like deals is, uh, is hard Mm because it's not just a physical illness. No. You know? And it's so well hidden, right? Yeah. It's not like you can. You can't see it. I don't walk with a lamp or. Well, it depends if I'm flared or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't have a but even a missing then, when you or... do flare up, it's not not like anybody could really tell that it's fibromyalgia and not that you're drunk or that you're whatever yeah. hurt your leg doing a triple backflip. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like... Well, when I'm flared up, it's pretty obvious yeah. actually because I have to like I hold on to my wife mm-hmm. and she has to help me walk. But um, I think I want to get a walker actually yeah. and put it in the back of the car so that I do have that. Um, cause I have issues with my spine as well. Mm-hmm. So I have lumbar stenosis, which sitting is the most non painful thing for me is sitting. Yeah. And so that makes it more awkward as well. Cause standing is very painful. Standing still is excruciatingly painful. Mm-hmm. Walking is painful. So it's like, there's limitations with that on top of the limitations from fibromyalgia, so really the only physical activities that I can do are swimming and biking. Yeah. Um, so I did buy an exercise bike, but same thing. I get on the bike and then I have to recover for four right. days. So it's like, is it actually benefiting me or am I harming myself? Yeah. But it is beneficial. And I've been like standing in my living room, walking laps in my house, just so that I'm not sitting sedentary for long periods of time. Yeah. So I'm learning like to have to, do different things to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey, go sit down and eat your lunch, crazy pants. That's a great picture. Now go sit and eat your lunch. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I just if if you had to say something to the world that you would like, like how you would like to be treated, how you would like, what you would like people to be more aware of. If there was something that you could say to the people who look at you, what would you say to them? Jeez. That's um, a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. I don't know. I guess the, the one that I guess like, that affects or affected me the most was p- 
people can hear you, <laughs> you know, when you're out and about and you see somebody limping or whatever, and you think they're drunk, keep it to yourself. You know, it, it people can hear you and it does affect them. Um, and you don't know what people's struggles are. Um, and fibromyalgia is not easy. And I, I feel at least at the beginning, when I first got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, a lot of people thought, oh, it was just a cop-out because the doctors couldn't figure out anything else to call it. Yeah. And that's not the case at all, you know, and especially now that they're doing more research. So it's like when I have friends that have fibromyalgia as well and they're going through the same thing and, and they say, oh, yeah, I get that too. And it's like, yay, you know, like <laughs> it's not just me. Yeah. yeah, but so – if you can relate, hey, great. But if you can't and you think, oh, that guy's drunk or she's drunk or whatever, it's like, no, they, they're probably going through something that you just don't understand. So, Well, even it, then at that point, if they are drunk, why is it any of your business? Yeah, who cares <laughs> like, if they are drunk? They're allowed cares? to be. Yeah, <laughs> if they're not causing any problems or anything, mm-hmm. and, and then just you don't have to say anything you know it doesn't have there's no finger pointing is necessary mm-hmm. you know it's the same with whatever you know guys that like to dress as girls or whatever it's not your business so you don't have to point the finger mm-hmm. you know it's not our place to judge uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> right so it's, it's all that i can say that in the eyes of the public of what would help me feel better is yeah don't point the finger you know, you don't know what my struggles are. You don't know. I, I may park in handicap and, and and be okay when I'm walking in and not be okay when I'm walking out. I may be okay when I'm walking out, but it doesn't exclude the amount of pain and that I'm in having to walk that distance. I just might not be stumbling at that time, yeah. you know. So that's what I mean. It's just everybody's, everybody's story is different and everybody's symptoms are different and everybody's struggles are different. So we don't need to finger point at each other is the biggest thing yeah. at least that's open mind. yeah mm-hmm. that's what it's affected me the most when i'm having to deal with society and, and get out with people because i always feel like they're judging me because they, they don't understand everything that i'm going through and mm-hmm. and it was the same thing with doing something social like getting involved in tabletop games and things like that you know having to relate to people like what are they going to say about me are they going to understand you know are they going to judge me? Mm-hmm. So even if it's just, if it's saying to somebody, Hey, I, I understand, or I don't understand, but I want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> great. you know, thank you. It, it was like, Mark, that was the one thing he said to me. It was like, as I had to cancel on a game with him and, and he had said to me, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm having a bad flare up day. And he's like, you know what? My ex had had that. And, I totally had fibromyalgia and I totally understand what you're going through. And I was like, you do. And he's like, yeah, I understand how debilitating it can be. Um, and I, I totally get it. And it was like, who are you? <laughs> you know, what kind of person are you? Like somebody who actually had compassion and concern and understanding. Um, it was a huge deal. Yeah. So now it's like trying to go out in public my anxiety is just is relieved that little bit, especially if I go to a room full of when I go to play tabletop games and it's a room full of strangers. If I have him there, I feel good, yeah. you know, and now I can go to this place and he doesn't have to be there as my security blanket, but he helped me be able to, to be able to get to that point. Right. Yeah. So saying the good instead of the bad definitely helpful yeah. i guess is my point and this going off that comment mm-hmm. i know that um, sometimes having someone come up to you and say i completely understand can have the opposite effect right like it's not yeah how can you possibly understand yeah, yeah. <laughs> how would you anyway have you ever yeah. felt like that like someone has come up to you and was like oh no i completely get it and you're like well no <laughs> like yeah I, I've had that um I've had that with Susie actually with my wife because mm-hmm. she'll say something to me and it'll be a trigger for me because that's what somebody else in my life would have said to me that I knew was very much just 
fluffing me off in the sense of um, what, what's the I'm trying to remember what the trigger is now. It was very much like um, get over it yeah. type of comment. Not that my wife has ever told me to get over it. I just can't remember what the saying is. That was a trigger for yep. me. And so she would say this to me and I would assume that it was something along the lines of just get over it. And I said to her, I said, babe, I actually, I, I, I trust in that you're not trying to say this to me, these particular words to me. But if you could not, I would appreciate that. Yeah. Say this instead. Yeah. Say you're going to be okay. Then I know it's not a trigger for me. And that's something that I will listen to yeah. when you say this instead of that. Um, if it's a stranger that says something to me, I'm more inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt. And 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 not that it doesn't affect me because it does, yeah. <laughs> but my response to them would be, would be yeah, would be different. In, and I would say to them, or I would act that it's it's okay. They don't know what they're saying. You know, I would give them more, I guess, validation or whatever the word is. Yeah. Um, that's the another side effect too is stumbling over sentences and stumbling over words and so that leads to more social anxiety and you know so yeah it's a whole vicious cycle of trying mm -hmm. to fit in but um, and now I've I've lost where I was going again. <laughs> it totally happens. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> um, if you could give advice yeah. to someone who maybe just found out. That, they have that this is fibromyalgia. This is what I'm dealing with. What would you say? Another big question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I would say. You know, other than it, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> it sucks bad. Yeah. But you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're alive. And you're going to be okay. It is an awful illness being in chronic pain. Um, but there is help for us. And there is relief. Uh, but reach out. You know, it could be the, the person you least expected. And that, like, Mark, for example. Sorry, I shouldn't name names. But... <laughs> Mark, for example, and I'm, if Mark, if you're listening, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're a good example. <laughs> Mark is very much, um, when you meet him, he seems like a very much, uh, he's easygoing and, and laid back and all that, but he seems like he's very, he's very into what he's doing, yep. you know? So if he's playing a game, he's, he's very much, uh, I mean, business kind of, no, I mean business, but he's very in tune to what, yep. what he's doing, the task at hand. Yep. So when you have a guy like that who's, you know, doesn't seem to have a lot of leniency or not not, not so much leniency, but it's more like you just wouldn't expect him to be very, let's say, affectionate. Yeah, for lack of a better word, he, he's just let's let's play, <laughs> you know. Um, and when you have somebody like that that you go to and you say, "Hey, I have fibromyalgia. I need to cancel my day today," and he turns to you and says. Oh, I totally understand. Yeah. You know, like my point is like, you never know who, as much as you don't want people to judge you, you can't judge them. Yeah. So if you need to reach out, reach out to anybody, anybody you trust, anybody that you think is a friend and just reach out to them and explain to them what's going on and, and give people more credit than, or at least that's what I need to learn yeah. is to give people more credit. Cause the people that I have told in my life, they've been kind. And I think that's kind of with anything is you have to give them a chance and um, I think you we, have to give them a chance to love you back. Yeah. You know, I think we live with this like idea that if we're facing something, we need to face it by ourselves because yeah, you can't put it on anybody else. You don't want to impose why, on anybody. Why do they need to deal with it? Too, exactly. Right? And it's often the opposite that so many people want to help you and mm -hmm. want to be that support for you. Yeah. And it's not that they don't, like they don't have time for it or they don't whatever, mm. but it's more us keeping them from it. than them Yeah. We kind of do it to us. ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And that's the whole thing of, of, of um, 
allowing them to love you back. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as you want to do for them, they want to do for you too. And, and you have to learn to accept that help. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was the same with my wife, having to learn how to accept her help, mm-hmm. you know, and even just tell her, hey, I got these things. I got these things I deal with. And even if it's a mental health breakdown, you know, trying to explain to her what I'm going through, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes yeah. I don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a hard time, too, sharing things with Rich. Yeah. Even though it's been years and years of years of yeah. sharing things together. Yeah. It's never easy. Because <laughs> yeah. it's that whole, like, I, I feel like I'm imposing. I yeah. feel like I'm weak, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't get my shit together. Yeah. You know, my brain is just going a million miles a minute, and I don't want to put that on anybody. Yeah. On that note, mm. we've now been talking for like two hours. Has it really been that long? Yeah. Oh, wow. I really I thought, okay, we're at an hour now. Okay. Yeah. Oops. It was a great conversation. Thank you for coming. I'm sure you will be back at some point. Yeah, yeah I'll let you know how There's obviously more goes. to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's just to, trying to like keep my thoughts from going like yeah. way out and putting them in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate it. I am on Facebook and uh, Instagram. So yeah. if any of your followers do have questions, yeah. uh, feel free to get them in contact with me if for they sure. need to. For I'll sure. tag you in the sure. description of the episode. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank Bye, you. guys. <laughs> Thanks again, guys, for listening in. This is it now. This is done. The episode is over. But, again, I just wanted to take a quick minute to say thank you to Ben. Ben, if you're listening to this, honestly, you blow me away, man. (laughs) Like you don't even know. Um, and I can't wait to speak more with you. And I really do think that this is going to help so many people. And yeah, if, uh, you have something that you think you battle with and you're wondering if maybe someone else battles it too, I would love to speak with you. So please shoot me a message on Instagram, send me an email, (laughs) just get in contact with with me whatever way you can, because I would love to speak with you and share your story. Because I think there's more people with more things in common than we think there is. And it's just one of those things that I love to talk about. So thank you for listening to this episode. I'm sorry I had to split it into two parts, but I just, I felt like I didn't want to stop talking. I wasn't ready to stop talking. And two hours of conversation is a lot to put all at once. So (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the second part and I can't wait to hear what you think. Have a wonderful evening. See you later, beautiful people.